Play that song for me, Jart. Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast, and we are here recording episode 197. And today we are going to be talking about some of the best and worst things as an ESL or EFL teacher or a foreign language teacher, and some of the things that I really love and some of the things that I really hate about being a language teacher. So today we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, and I wanted to talk about some of the best and the worst things because I also have a few, uh, you know, things from my former colleagues and stuff like that that they really loved and they really did not love as ESL teachers or foreign language teachers. So stay tuned if you're uh, curious about some of the good, the bad, and the ugly of being an ESL, EFL, or foreign language teacher. And my buddy who brings in all the hot questions that's going to make this episode so much better, my buddy Jared. What's going on, Jared? I have, uh, hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> you have no questions today. I don't have questions. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? I, I, listen, it's not even that I, I have or have not questions, which, by the way, I have nothing. But it's like, oh, well, I'm, what am I here? What am I supposed to interview you? Is that what I'm here to do? Yep. Interview yep. you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have Chad here again for the 197th time. I wonder what I'll <laughs> learn and what, I, what I'll gather from him. This is so exciting for me to be here. And I've I don't appreciate all night your condescending tone, about Jared. Chad's life. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm happy to learn so much more about him today. And I hope you guys are, too. Um, I'm actually interested to hear... Um, I'm I'm not convinced that being a English or language teacher is that much different than being any other teacher. You know, we can talk you, about that too. You've mastered Absolutely. your your um, your field much like a mathematician is great at math, for example. Sure. And um, you can never teach a math class, but you know, definitely not. Some mathematician nope. could probably mm -hmm. never teach a language class. Well, unless they learn that language, then they probably could. Well, uh, well, which is why I'm thinking. We can talk about. We can talk <laughs> about that. We can talk about that. Stay tuned, people. Stay tuned. Uh, first, not, please. Not even five minutes Pleasure in, Jared's stop. already already getting me riled up. <laughs> I love it. Pleasure <laughs> Follow us on uh, uh, Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. I went for a socially distant walk yesterday, and I saw some uh, beautiful sights of, um, of Ferndale. Uh, it's really messing with me, though, because, you know, it's both hot and cold, sunny mm -hmm. and snowing. You never know what's going to happen. The at yin any, and the yang, Jared. At any moment. Yep. It could be snowing or sunny outside, and it's like, all right. Always changing here in Michigan. Didn't see that one coming, but uh, I'm up for a challenge. <laughs> um, you can also um, follow us on Twitter, Untranslatable1, the number one. And um, please, uh, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher it would be greatly appreciated. And if you do, we will say... Spasiba. Uh, on, um, oh, you got the S in there. Very good. Spasiba. <laughs> No, it's uh, oh, no, just, you didn't. Uh, it was just me. My brain I did that. You didn't see. Oh. It was me. I was sneaky. Placebo. <laughs> <laughs> Tricks, people. Tricks. Oh man, I'm like a ventriloquist. Um, uh, five star reviews, iTunes, and Stitcher. Placebo. Um, and um, that's it. Yeah, uh, I'm on vacation right now. Um, really, there's no difference. Staycation. Between yeah, for sure. Staycation. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. no difference between a staycation and a uh, vacation at this point, but I should be in Italy, and I'm going to take advantage of that. Or maybe I'd be somewhere else at this point. Maybe I'd be back in France at this point, actually. Still, I wouldn't be in the U.S., that's for sure. So mm -hmm. I decided to treat myself with a few days off, and really all that means is feeling a little less guilt for the, like, nothing that I do, you know? <laughs> that's fair. I really got out of the habit of practicing piano for some reason. It's hard, it's, it is tough to stay motivated uh, without a teacher. And, you know, actually, I don't know if I mentioned this to you. My teacher uh, sent me a, a, a card a few months ago, and I sent her one mm -hmm. back, and then... Oh, uh, nice. We started texting back and forth, and she was talking about how she's been uh, Zoom teaching some of her uh, students. Ooh, uh-oh. Are you going to do Zoom lessons with her? <laughs> well, she asked. She's like, oh, if you want, I, we, could pro we could do Zoom. And I felt so bad because I had to be like, I don't want to do it. I don't know. I, really? I, Interesting. I don't want to do it. Okay. I, I didn't want to do it. And it, it was tough, but I was like, oh, I'm supposed to say yes because I'm scared to say – I'd feel bad saying no, and I'm just going to like start paying for something I don't even want to do and well, well, let, not be let me motivated ask, Let me ask it. you, though, why why don't you want to do it? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like 
Uh, it's already hard. Like it's hard for me to to stay motivated to do it as is, and I feel like didn't you I, I don't just wanna... say though it would be easier to be motivated if you had a teacher? Yeah, but it's it's different. I feel like the virtual thing is different. Also, I don't have a lot of time. You know, like I have mm. to edit this pod. I have a job still, and yeah, that was the case before. But um, I also now I, before at least I lived alone. I don't know. I just feel like it's. Like, I just don't have the, I'm not willing to, it's not even that I don't have the time, let's be clear. Mm. It's, I, I feel like I'm not willing to commit it. I don't know. I don't I know. I hate to say this, Jared, but you're sounding a lot like me right now. Uh, what do you mean, you know, I'm sounding a lot like you? <laughs> How am I sounding well, like you? Because I feel like you, you, you know, say, oh, do this or do that. Or I say, well, I would, I would do this, but, and then I give a bunch of reasons or excuses why yeah, not Yeah, but I, I, I was never, um... I was never in a place like I, I didn't ask for this, you know. Oh, that's fair. That's <laughs> she came fair. to me. It's that's not true. like I've it's not like I've been saying, "Oh, I need to get a teacher and get back into you, it." Uh, I think I think you should try it though. Try it at least once or twice uh, and see. No, I don't know. It's I don't know. Maybe it's <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I just don't want to do it. I don't know. I don't like FaceTiming people. There's also that's a little fair. bit of that. I don't like. I don't know. Oh, that's fair. It's that's zooming, fair. But, yeah, but you're right. Yeah, it's not like you could do a Zoom piano lesson with your camera off. That's not going to really yeah. work. I don't know. It's yeah. just. It's weird. I don't. I, I mean, don't, lo- logistically, it's difficult. You know. It's and but you know, I have to give a lot of props to your piano teacher for yeah uh, doing that because she, from my understanding, she's also a bit of an older lady, isn't she? Yeah, she's probably late 60s. And I don't, I don't want to be ageist here, but I, I know plenty of people who are uh, over 50 and having a lot of difficulties with moving everything virtual for the time I being. I mean, I work with a lot um, of people over 50. I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you know firsthand. <laughs> yeah. seen, so I work with people under 50, too, and I've seen a lot of tech snafus. Right. Oh yeah, um, yeah. She well, uh, if it makes you feel any better, she commented on that herself. She's like, I'm, you know, blah 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 years old, and look at me, uh, you right. know, you know, adapting to these times or whatever it is. She said, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I just feel like I, I, I'm, I, I'm not willing to commit. I don't know if I'm not, if I'm not willing to commit the time, and mm-hmm. I, and I, and I'm, and I'm, and I can admit that about myself. There's no reason for me to just like put myself through something I don't want to do, just That's to fair. either make right. her feel better or because I think I have to to do it. Right. I mean, and, yeah, you should be doing it because of you just are the joy of your right. heart wanting to do it. Yeah, it's true. Right. Yeah, and Good and point. I and I've been here for almost almost a year at this point. We're back in Michigan for almost a year mm-hmm. at this point, and it's like I I I, I could have found a teacher at, at any point. But way before that, in person, right. if I really wanted to, or you know, or I I know that I could find a teacher through Zoom probably now. And I just, mm-hmm. I, just I haven't tried because I I don't know. I hope to right. get back into it, and I hope to to seriously uh, be. But I don't know. What I'm what not do a, I'm, you, I'm not a exactly pianist. I, it's a hobby, get... you know. It's a it's a hobby that I that it's fun to do. It's not like right. it's, it's different than you. This is your life. If you just stopped, people might think there's something wrong with you at this point. What? <laughs> what you mean? If I stopped with this? Yeah, if you stopped with the uh, axe that's blending into the desks behind you, uh, <laughs> people would be uh, people would find that concerning. You know, that's for funny. me, it was just like a fun sort of hobby, and it still is. And I still noodle occasionally, but, you know, I never really right. go longer than, like, 10 minutes, really. So, I mean, well, right now I don't have – I should probably have a stricter practice regimen, but right now I'm doing just a lot of learning songs, mm-hmm. noodling while I'm watching movies and series on Netflix and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm I not in of, a place where I can really – I mean, I can do that, but I, – I mean, I definitely can do that, but right. it's a little – more Carry natural your keyboard for you. into the into the living room, <laughs> put it on your lap. I mean, most of my watching. time is spent in this room. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. I could do that. Um, it's just it, it's more natural for you. So I feel like right. it's easier to be fun for you because you actually kind of can make a song out of nowhere. I can't too. It's I think just I a think song you no could to listen th- to. That's debatable. I think with practice, it'd be okay. pretty listenable. Well, that's very nice I think. of you, Chad. You're I very... <laughs> I, I, tr- I try my best, Jared. I want to just briefly, before we get into the shout-outs, mm-hmm. um, I want to bring up why I wanted to do today's teacher episode. Um, okay. A, a couple different reasons. One, I have just realized how much I miss, and I'm sure there's plenty of other teachers who share the same sentiment right now, how much I miss being in the classroom with my students. Um 
you know, I really missed it. And I was kind of looking through pictures on one of my old phones and looking through some of the pictures from stuff in China. And I just kind of realized that um, there were a lot of great things that I've experienced so far as a language teacher. Mm-hmm. And I do think some of them are similar to what a, a regular teacher would, would you know, experience, um, you know, math teacher, or science teacher, or whatever. But mm-hmm. I do think there are some specific ones that are language teacher specific. Um, and I was also thinking of some of the negative things as well that kind of grind my gears, as Peter Griffin on Family Guy would say, um, <laughs> about being a language teacher. You I know could what grinds think, my gears? <laughs> I could think of, um, I mean, just from talking to you consistently for the past however many years it's been, mm-hmm. I can think of just a couple things off the top of my head, and we're not going to call them questions, because uh, <laughs> I literally have nothing in my notes except for two untranslatables. Um but yeah, I, I could definitely just think of things that, like, from someone that has a, a normal sort of nine to five office job, mm-hmm. um, and f- from from looking at your life in from the outside in, I could think of some things where I'd be like, "Oh, that would be I, I, I could imagine that would be nice to f- to have that in my career or in my life." Mm-hmm. Slash, I'm excited to talk to you about slash, these in a bit. I don't. I, I could do without that part, you know. Right. Like that's, right. that's, oh, for that's sure. something that there would definitely keep me away from being oh, yeah. interested in that profession. That's I fair. I can think of both. That is fair, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But now I think you know. Uh, it's time yeah. that we uh, spread a little love. Let's do it. There we go. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. My the first shout us. out, Jared, uh, goes out. And I, we've given him shout outs before because he is definitely a very generous uh, gent. Uh, mm-hmm. And my sh- my first shout out. I have a few today. My first shout out goes out to Guy Fieri. Uh, Guy oh, Fieri well, first has of been all, doing. If you're gonna give uh-huh. him a shout out, respect. Put some respect on his name. The mayor of Flavortown, <laughs> Guy Fieri. Is that no? Is that's that, not what I no? meant. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. That is not yeah, give him give him his proper proper credentials. The honorary mayor of Flav- Flavortown. No, um, it's Guy Fieri. Oh, Fietti. Is, is that how you're supposed to say it? Yeah, that's how you say his made-up okay. last name, Fietti. Okay, good to know. By the way, that is not uh, his real last name, but that is how you pronounce it. That's how he pronounces okay. it, Fietti. That's fair. I've never, like I've, fun fact, I've never heard him say his last name. But anyway, so he has... You've never watched Triple D's? What? You've never watched Triple D, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives? I've like seen it on TV briefly, but I've never really watched it. Sure. Um, but I know who Guy Fieri is. Guy Fieri, as Jared would say, <laughs> is. I uh, don't want to be Slipping disrespectful here. Piece. But he, he has raised, Jared, about uh, uh, $21.5 million to help out restaurant workers around the country. Uh, mm-hmm. Because right now, uh, you know, I think a lot of restaurants have been suffering quite a bit um, because of the pandemic. You know, their dining rooms are closed. Uh, they've had to lay off for furlough workers, um, all sorts of you know bad stuff. And it's really great to see um, him step up and help out so many restaurant workers. Uh, 21.5 million is definitely not chump change, that's for sure. So yeah. shout out to you, Mayor of Flavortown. He would love a Fieri. Uh, I actually oh, I heard sure. about this. I um, mm-hmm. you know I'm the I'm the mayor of Podcast Town. Um, no one listen to, listens to more podcasts than me. People might listen That's to as true. many podcasts as me, but no one. It's it's almost impossible. <laughs> yeah, can't listen to more. Um, Unless you have a time machine, <laughs> or yes. can pause time. Well, or actually, time. I take that back. I take that back. It's definitely possible because people listen to podcasts on uh, times two and like times one and a half. I don't do I, that. I I do times two for most of my YouTube videos unless they're music associated. Yeah, I tell I don't you do what. That. The the music ones when you forget that it's on like double time. Oh, yeah. It's real either really funny. <laughs> I also sometimes like to mess around with it and like put it at half time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then it kind of sounds like th- it's really great. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Speaking um, of music, Jared. Oh, I yeah, I just uh-huh. I heard him sorry, I was gonna say was I heard a guy Fietti talking about that on a podcast. And oh, um nice. he was saying he was doing it for like uh like restaurant, you know, all those restaurant employees. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's these people like um it's it's actually interesting. I also heard uh now obviously a lot of them are out of work and getting unemployment is annoying and mm-hmm. um and even even with unemployment, you know, it's they make more, but they s- still probably end up making a little bit less if they get good tips. But it's interesting right. to think that a lot of these employment uh, uh, restaurant workers probably make more, or, or at least or like hourly, are making more 
on unemployment right. than they would if they actually worked at a restaurant because they're making, a, a, I assume, at least minimum wage. Right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. All right. My last shout out for today, though, Jared, goes out to uh, a few people. Number one is Chance the Rapper, who mm. has uh, surprised a Haley Wells middle school teacher with a national award, including $30,000 in prize money during a virtual award ceremony uh, last Friday. Uh, so streaming to his 11 million followers on Instagram, Chance gave the final of 10 awards to Michael Doggett, an English teacher at uh, the Clarksburg School. The awards were pre- presented over three days during National Teacher Appreciation Week. Didn't even get a text from Jared saying thank you to me as a teacher. <laughs> so, you know, that really hurt, Jared, really there's hurt. Something, there's an uh, edible arrangement in the mail. Oh, good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, and so I think this is just really great that Chance is recognizing these teachers and doing something, giving back. Chance the Rapper has always been quite a philanthropic uh, guy, has mm-hmm. done so much for the city of Chicago and for so many different people. Um, so we uh, send lots of love to you Chance betcha. the Rapper and yeah. also Michael Doggett, the English teacher as well. Uh, very fitting for our teacher's edition today, Jared. Speaking of um, Instagram um, phenomena, did you did you by any chance tune into any of what happened yesterday between Jill Scott and Erica Badu on their no. live? Okay, no, no. Jill Scott and Erica Badu, two uh, staples singing staples. Mm-hmm. Love me um, some Erica Badu. I haven't really they, heard much of the other one. Jill Scott, they did mm-hmm. a um, um, Instagram live together. Okay. And they uh, and they just they were talking about their early career and playing a bunch of their hits and just talking about it, and it was uh, it was huge. It was it was it was awesome. It was they was like hours long, and I watched all of it, but I watched a good bit of it. And um, at some point, like uh, over seven hundred thousand people were tuning into it. Michelle Obama oh, wow. was in there. Oh, she nice. tagged Barack Obama to come in. There, like you just scroll through, uh, like the uh, like the list of people in there, and it was just like a who's who. I was like, this is crazy. That's pretty. <laughs> it was awesome. a lot of fun. It was so cool, and uh, stuff like this only happening because we're all trapped at home, and they're like, hey, why don't we do an Instagram? Like, I feel like these two people never would have done that otherwise. But or That's true. And then if they would have, there's no way that many people would have tuned in. I, I bet. But it was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it was an untranslatable experience. Oh, good, good little segue there, buddy. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I <laughs> don't encourage such things. <laughs> I'll get us started today, Jared. Okay. Uh, I will start us off with a couple Finnish untranslatables. Uh, I really like Finnish. It's an interesting language, um, and the spelling is always pretty interesting. So here we go. Amu on ilta visampi. Which means the morning is wiser than the evening. Oh, it's like your best thinking hours are when you first wake up. You know, wake up early and it's like it's telling you to wake up early or it's like the not, early bird gets the not, worm. Not quite. Not quite. I see I see why you would think mm. that, but not quite. Um, I'm trying to think. We have an English untranslatable that's kind of similar to this one. Um, we would say... Oh, yeah. So ours also has to do with night or sleeping, Jared. The the English untranslatable. A night owl. Mm, I'm not sure if I'm going to buy this today. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to sleep on it. Sleep on it. There we go. Uh, what was mm-hmm. the Finnish one? The literal. Uh, the morning is wiser than the evening. Uh, okay. Okay. Meaning, okay. I guess, give yourself some time to think about yeah, it, yeah. sleep on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's we'll, make we'll, we'll, we'll make a decision tomorrow morning mm-hmm. uh, rather than to, yeah. I understand that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Which I think is true. I think that's pretty true. Um, what that literally that the morning is wiser that it's important to sleep on it. That it's important to sleep on something. Sure. If it's sure. a big decision, yeah. Wait, wait a night if you can sleep on it. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. I think it's useful it to marinate a little bit, you know. If, especially if it's something that you're excited about, something that mm-hmm. might be expensive, but you're excited about it. It's, it's easy to yep. get, you know, impulse by, get oh, super excited. Easy. But then you think about it a little bit, you say, I don't really need this. That's Dude, why that's I have this classroom. It's just walls of guitars <laughs> back here, Jared. <laughs> I um, That's totally me. I, I can I can sleep on it. I'm, I'm definitely a good, like, oh, you do not need this. I, right. I, I, I'm good at that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good Speaking thing, of, though. Speaking uh, of which, we did get our uh, bidet. I, I don't know if I mentioned that to you oh yeah you said you ordered it yeah no it nice. came in game changer 
I'll bet. I'm still trying I'll to bet. figure it out fully, though. <laughs> um, my first untranslatable is Romanian, and it's "camagarul uh, i in ceta," "camagarul in ceta," like a donkey in the mist. Like a donkey. Uh, hmm. So like many things are the coming to mind right now, but I'm not even sure where where to begin. Like a donkey of in the course, mist. Like a donkey in the mist. Here I am, slaving over. Uh, um, like a donkey. Hmm. Make keeping this house together. And so, uh, is it just like always in, working, working incredibly hard? No, 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 no. Here no. I am. You're the donkey in the mist, and here I am at home, keeping this family together. And you're so just uh, uh, you're like being lazy. You're not doing anything. Um, let's see. Okay. Oh, here's a good example. Okay. When I uh, you're close. When I do uh, during soccer, you know, mm-hmm. um, there uh, our coach at some point will be like, "All right, move the goals, um, move the goals over here, so we can do this." And there's always mm-hmm. you, you always the know one who's going to be the donkey, the donkey in the mist. In the mist. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah, the person who like hides away to avoid doing something. Sure, disappearing when you're most needed. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a yeah. much better way to say it. Yeah, or Good. or it's like or it's mm-hmm. like um, I'm sure you've seen this too, mm-hmm. where it's like everyone's moving the gold and there's the one ever, the one person that just lifts their hands. And he's like, oh, I haven't mm-hmm. been doing anything. <laughs> right, right. All right, my next one is also Finnish, and it is Aikisasa tilta exi, which means who asks for the road doesn't get lost. Uh, it's like don't be don't be afraid to ask for help. Essentially, hit that ham horn, my man. Yeah. Hit that ham horn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never ask for help. It's terrible. I, I could improve on that too. Asking um, for help, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, my next untranslatable is Fijian. Not the water, but a great water brand as well. <laughs> with the country. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ivaka Ikana. Uvi kataka. And that means it's like he's eating a hot piece of yam. Yeah. It's like when it's too hot, uh, he's, eating, he's eating a hot piece of that yam. That sounded Is like it? you're speaking, uh, uh, what's that snake t- uh, language? Parcel tongue? Hot? Yeah. Parcel tongue and Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, let's see here. Is this like, it's like uh, he's eating a hot piece of yam? Uh, give give me a clue. I don't even know where to start with this one. So Oh, when you talk really fast. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. And you know what, Jared? We're gonna end our untranslatables right there because that is a perfect segue. Talking too fast is one mm. thing you have to definitely be careful about as a foreign language teacher. Is that a perfect segue? Because the topic's about what you love and hate. Do you love or hate talking too fast? Not talking too fast. <laughs> it, it takes some time to get used to. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, the teacher all, talk. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've all been in, exper- in an experience before where we've given a, a speech in class. And whether it's you or someone in the class, there's always someone that's talking like, like sounds like they're right. on double speed on their podcast. Right. Where it's like, right. you could slow this way down. But when you're mm-hmm. doing it in your head, it sounds like you're talking in slow motion sometimes. Because right. well, your brain's moving that's so That's the fast. thing about public speaking is you always have more time than you think. Mm-hmm. Like you should always, even when I started teaching, I had to really learn how to not be afraid of silence. Yeah, um, you know, and that's really important. But yeah, so let's talk about some of the best and the worst things as an ESL, EFL, or foreign language teacher, uh, and some things I really love and also really don't love about being an, a language teacher. Um, okay, so let's start off. Uh, we're going to start off actually, Jared, with the negative and end with the positive because uh, I'd rather end on a positive note than a negative note today. So, okay, uh, what what do you think are some of the uh, in you know for my for me in my own experience have been some of the things that I really dislike about being a language teacher some of the worst things. Uh, I have no idea, but I'm going to tell you if you're going to make me start, then I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you what I would. Uh, what I would. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for you. What mm-hmm. would you hate about it? I don't know. You, t- you always once the we stop recording, you always tell me how annoying most of the students are. And how <laughs> there's like that, one or two that you like oh, at tops in true. every class. So I mean, <laughs> besides for the fact that every kid you want to strangle. 
I don't know, dude. Oh, I don't know. Man. But that's oh. just what you've told me, so I thought I'd think of something new. And now I will uh, never be able to get a job again as a teacher. Thank you, Jared. Uh, so I guess uh, we should no. only focus on the negative so I can just, if I'm going to dig myself a hole, might as well dig a big one, right? Because I have no notes. And I, let me let me first think about what would bother me about being in your okay. position. And the, the one that comes off uh, straight off the top of my head mm-hmm. is the fact that... Um, your at least your ideal it seems like is teaching a language in a different country. You know, you like to mm-hmm. travel uh, to some new place to teach, and that seems to be uh, your goal. And it work, it's working, except for the fact what would really well, bother me it about was that. Working. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, pan, but pandemic aside, it seemed to be working great, mm-hmm. except for the fact that these were usually. Um, uh, like semester, like school year to long things, mm-hmm. which then in, require you going back home in between. So essentially, it's not a sustainable right. job. Like you can't do this right. as not just for a, a long time. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's not that, a that mm-hmm. would bother me. It, mm-hmm. Like having to having to sort of stop in between. Uh, right. You know, from time to time. I, I mean, I'll tell you, this is going to sound incredibly redundant, but. As I get older, this idea of one new place, you know, here for this year, here for that year, it's getting old. Um, as sure. I get older, it's definitely getting old. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I mean, obviously a great thing about it is, yes, you do get to travel and see places, but unless you find a place where you're willing to either stay long-term uh, or or you're lucky enough to find a teaching job that's uh, like a tenure track or a really stable one, uh, you're probably not going to stay in the same place for five to ten years. Right. And so um, as someone, once again, that has, you know, has ha- had nine to five jobs, normal mm-hmm. sort of uh, office jobs since I've been out of college, the idea of stopping for any extended period of, of time mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense. One for um, just, uh, you know, financially, obviously. Sure. But then also um, it's like a. It's not like that's not something you would see in, in like a like my style of, of of going to an office because um, people would be like, well, what's with this you know gap in your why are you not right. working? But in right. yours, it's like, well, I, you know, I I teach I taught here and then I came home and you know and like that's right. I don't know. It seems right. But yeah, I, I need I wouldn't I wouldn't want that. That would that would that would get old for me. I would hate that. It's nice having the summers off, but you do have to budget and you do have to definitely plan. Um, yeah, that's definitely a negative. Now, depending on the type of teaching there, you do, but though... But it's not even about... But there are people that have just normal sort of... Uh, not that your job isn't normal. <laughs> normal, but I mean just like like a K through 12 or high school mm-hmm. teaching... Or, yeah, K through 12, that's what I mean. K yep. through 12 te- teaching gigs in the U.S. that, um, for the most part, their pay is set up where you can either get it throughout the school right. year... and get it during and, the or summer. You can, or you can get it through the yeah. summer and... Mm-hmm. And you're not sort, and you're not in a place where you know. Obviously, right. some of these people might try to find second jobs, but theoretic, theoretically, you don't quote unquote need. You, right. you don't need to to right. at least pay your rent and stuff. Yeah, it's different when you're an ESL uh, teacher or an EFL teacher that's working abroad. Unless you get summer gigs, um, yeah, there won't be any income, which can definitely be frustrating. You have to plan ahead for sure. One of the things though that really irritates me is that. Uh, I think a lot of people, this is kind of double-edged coin here, but I think a lot Sword. of people assume two things. They either assume coin. Sure, because coin. you're we'll a native, at least if you are a native speaker of the language you teach, they're mm-hmm. going to assume either you know everything about the language, uh, which is not true, but on the other side of the coin, I've met native speaker ESL teachers in China and other countries where they do think that they know everything about the language. Um, mm. and, then, and then you just ask them some really difficult question about grammar or some weird you know, thing that doesn't really make any sense in English, and, and I can't even explain that stuff either. You know? And I'm also, I'm not a grammar teacher. Uh, I never have been. Uh, I can teach grammar. I don't really like it. Because um, I think the only purpose grammar really serves is in uh, writing, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking, and most of your mm-hmm. teaching has been focused on... Conversation. Like a more, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so does, does the idea of having one of those, at least to me as a language teacher, I'll say mm-hmm. maybe the, granted being a teacher in a K through 12 seems, uh, like a tricky career path in general, not tricky, but it seems exhausting. Let me put it that yeah. way. It seems oh, yeah. exhausting. It's a lot of work. <laughs> 
Um, it also, it seems as a language teacher, it, I feel like it would feel kind of soul sucking because at mm -hmm. least in my experience being in those K through 12 classrooms, seeing me and other people take Spanish, I never took Spanish, but take mm -hmm. French and, you know, people in the Spanish classes in essentially the same situation we are in our French classes, not really learning anything and just, right. and not, and, and doing that for years and years and coming out mm -hmm. knowing the most basic of sentences, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. It's well, like, what's, mm -hmm. what's the point, you know? Right. Right. One second, Jared. Let me, I thought my laptop was plugged in. It's the wrong plug. Let me just plug it in real quick. So, uh, as someone, so, all right, I'll keep going then. I can still uh, as hear someone you. that is in a situation like that, I would hate to have to, um, to show up to work every day knowing that, uh, I would hate to have to show up to work every day knowing that both, me and the students both know it's mm -hmm. like listen we're gonna do this for an hour 45 minutes or whatever and i'm gonna mm -hmm. see you guys next week i'm gonna teach you guys uh dati for the 48th time and you're not gonna <laughs> right. get it it's like it does I don't know. it does get it seems soul sucking yeah it does yours get, I, you, i feel mm -hmm. like in your situation you're set up to see more real life results mm -hmm. it's more active yes. you're actually trying to i feel like get something fun. more specific out of these students right yeah, well, definitely, and and we have a lot of fun together, um, too. But I think the the big thing with teaching and not making it soul sucking is um, even when you have to teach that same grammar point for the millionth time, um, try something different, experiment a little bit. You know, that's always I I did a, a variation on the same workshop like four or five times while I was in China. Uh, and changed it based on, you know, my target audience. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I enjoyed it every time. But if I would have given the same presentation, and I could have, it was general enough where I could have, but I would have been bored by the third one. The third one, I would have sure. like, okay, and today we're yeah. talking, you know, it would have been terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah. And and the other thing is, too, is sometimes as a, as a language teacher, and this is, this is, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there will be some things that carry over to just what normal teachers experience as well, and some that are a bit more specific to language teaching. Um, but teaching stuff that you know the students find boring, that you also find boring, sometimes you can make it fun, but there's only so many ways you can make, you know, learning, I don't know, present, present progressive tense in English fun, you know? And I, I don't know about you, but I feel like you can, like... Like kids, students can tell when the when the teacher doesn't care either. Yeah, like, oh, like for I, sure. I remember I've had I had, I've had teachers, especially in math. I can I can mm -hmm. you can really tell. Uh, I've had teachers that just like are robots at the board, and mm -hmm. then I've had this one. I had this one teacher, and I, I'm not I don't like math, but this guy, he he was like he was uh, like he loved math, and it was clear. Okay. Uh -huh. And like we would sometimes just throw out random equations at him, at him for fun, and he would love uh -huh. to just like try to figure it out because he was oh, like cool. a, a legit genius. And so like we would just it would like throw out random facts from like math facts from long ago. But see, like, that uh, would be a class three thousand four hundred and forty-two. <laughs> see, I don't like math either, but I would enjoy a class like that. Yeah, and that so, would be cool. Even though, even though the class, yeah, yeah, exactly. Even though the class was like, uh, like I had really no interest in in pre-calc it's like it's, right. it is fun to like see this guy just pull out like crazy math facts and legitimately right. and he's still like taking math classes himself mm -hmm. like he's right. like a full-on nerd about it you can you can tell that stuff it's right. great i love the, it the other thing that irritates me occasionally is when i'm asked um sometimes very super specific grammar questions or if i'm asked to like either you know i help someone with their homework or something. It's one thing if it's like a student of mine and they need help. But if it's like a random person that's like a friend of a friend or something mm. and they're like, you know, hey, can, would, you're an English teacher. Would you mind taking a look at, you know, my cousin's <laughs> girlfriend's <laughs> sister's... Does that happen? It's happened Does a couple happen times like before. like Czech Republic? You're like, hey, this is my, like... My brother-in-law's daughter's homework. Well, for for them, <laughs> I got offers to to tutor them, and I just didn't take them. But but oh, they basically yeah. said you can come over and help with homework, and I was just like, eh, I'm, I'm not. That's gonna kind of. That. I, I guess I never I'm really thought that. about that. You, yeah. You've even before you were a teacher, I've been in. I, I've been around you when people have asked you mm -hmm. to tutor their. Uh, yep. Tutor their. I was like, yes, you did you college still. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, and and with that being said, like like the other day, I got something from a former colleague of mine. Um, and she sent me something with like, she's like, Hey, can you tell me which rhetorical devices these are? And I'm Jeez. like, I haven't talked about rhetorical devices since high school. 
What is a rhetorical device? Stuff like a like a metaphor or a simile or you know, basically it's it's a uh, way that an, an author you know uses something in the literature to make you feel or respond in a certain way. Okay, so you uh-huh. could have explained it. <laughs> well, well, no, but these were like specific, like sure, sure, like right, like, right. A, like it was like a paragraph, and then there were sentences that were like underlined, and she was like, "What so, are these?" And it's it, like, it, "Who is this person to you?" Like, like who who a who? For, former colleague of mine. Oh, uh, okay, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So we were both teachers at the same uh, institution. Yeah. See, so. I guess that that could be annoying. And, I, and See, I'm happy to help, but it was like. I, I, it's like if I have to look it up and take time out of my day, you could have just done it and probably learned more from you mm-hmm. looking it up than me looking it up for you. Yeah. I get that. So, like, I'm a, I'm a car nerd, obviously. So sometimes uh, people will ask me questions or, like, advice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, sometimes it's like... I've definitely all, asked you advice before about cars. Oh, yeah, but a lot of people ask me advice that are legitimately looking to buy a car. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why are you doing this? Because, like, you're you're not... Uh, like, I know you're not going to listen to me. Like, I've had so many <laughs> right. people that just want me to either confirm <laughs> right. what they say, what they're sure. already going to get, or it's like, right. you're asking for all these... I've had so many people, right. like, ha- ask for, like, so many different, but they already knew what they're going to get. Right. And I'm like, why do you cut... Like, it's... I don't know. It's like... I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. And so I, as I'm just trying to relate as a teacher. It's like, why are you coming right. to me right. as like a just because like Not, like like you think teacher or you like you think me it's right. like you think cars you think me or it's like you don't even need advice or it's like this is so random why right. why right. Is, and and the other thing is you know it would be one thing if she if my colleague knew I was a rhetorical device right you know some literature expert but you know I'm I'm not a literature expert. Um, and so, so Jack I think can't the, read. the other thing, that's right. Go, you know, 28 <laughs> years alive and can't read at all. Um, uh, but anyways, so, uh, the whole thing about this though, is that there, I think there needs to be a balance between, um, like, yes, I want my colleagues to approach me and ask me questions. Sure. I'm happy. And I'm happy to help them. But when it's some specific stuff that they can probably look up themselves, um, you know, then I think it's a little different, but on the flip side of the coin, um, I think there are a lot of native speaker teachers out there who um, are a little bit naive and think that they know everything about the language. Um, and I think that is a, an unhealthy assumption. Um, and I think that a lot of people view foreign language teachers as, um, unfortunately, I think... Encyclopedias. Yes, exactly. A walking mm-hmm. dictionary. And that just gets on my nerves all the time. Jared loved to it, do Jared. that when we were when we were in Austria. <laughs> that was actually kind of fun, though. I did enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and just because you know a word also doesn't mean, uh, or let me let me rephrase. Just because you can recognize a word doesn't mean you're able to explain what it means. Even native Have, speakers, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of words that you and I couldn't explain to a foreign language learner. Um, sure. You know, so um, have you? Um, you mentioned all these people that sort of act like they know it all just because they're a teacher. Mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. you seen people say grammatically? Because it's kind of hard to make up a word. I guess it's right. not hard at all to make up. It's a word. not hard at all. <laughs> have you seen? Yeah. Have you seen? Um, have you seen anyone? Uh, uh, what was I about to say? Sorry, I was. I got distracted by my drops. I was trying to think if I had any made up words in my drops, but then I wanted to get back to my question. <laughs> oh, have you seen any te- any teacher so, like? make pretend like they know some answer to maybe some sort of grammar rule or something and just be wrong right and and and, and would you well actually that I've, person or I've, just like I've let them seen, be wrong yeah i've seen teachers explain things wrong incorrectly um when i've observed classes before uh, in graduate oh, school and afterwards so you just have to let it happen and i yeah I mean, what, what are you going to do? You know, I'm right. not going to call the teacher out in front of the entire class. And be like, well, actually, hmm, 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 yeah. that's incorrect. You know, that that's not good. Um, but I, ha- I have talked to a few of them Does after class. Does it hurt class. to let it go? Oh, you do? After class. Mm-hmm. Okay. After class. Come see hmm. me after class. It's a weird <laughs> phrase to say when you're observing someone's lesson. But yeah. So are these uh, people like older than you? You do this to people yeah. older than you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, is that is that part of the I've job or something? I've, I've, yeah, I've done it with people my age and younger oh too gosh. that were my peers in grad school. So I have a um, my boss is Italian, and um, and so sometimes when we're you know we we put together a lot of presentations and stuff, and sometimes mm-hmm. if he, like if he puts something together, he'll send it to me and ask me to proofread it, proofread it, mm-hmm. and. Um, well, at least it's not really that bad anymore. But like uh, when I first got there at the beginning, sometimes I would I would feel bad 
mm-hmm. like fixing stuff where I'm like, well, technically people will understand it or like, right. like I get what he's saying. I feel bad like right. nitpicking every little thing. But then he got yeah, to the point where he's he like, no, this is what I want. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I told you to fix it. Fix yeah. it. And I'm like, all right. Exactly. And I, I was think like, in that I put case a comma it would be there. better to fix it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think you but, definitely but did it, the right thing. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But it just feels yeah. weird being in that position. I don't know. Right. It, it does feel weird. Right. I, that's, I don't know how you do it because it's like, right. I don't know. You're older than me. You're an adult. Like, we all know what you're saying. I don't, I don't, I feel weird. Right. But like, I don't know. But that's why Clearly, I know you. English yeah. better than you. I'm right. from here. I get right. it. It's just, yeah. I feel weird telling someone what to do. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, and Jared, that can be also one of the other worst things about being, and this goes for any teacher, is classroom discipline. Um, yeah. I was just about to say, yep, you haven't mentioned discipline. the students yet. Yep. Yep. Um, and I, I've been very fortunate. I've only had a few what I would even consider bad students. Um, I've had a couple students. What makes students. up a bad student? Give us their name first and last, first Okay, their name. No, yeah, their name. <laughs> let me tell you their height, their weight, their address as well while you're at it. Um, so what, what's, uh, what makes a bad student I mean, they you? were just disruptful, uh, you know, interrupting the class, kind of goofing around, um, not turning in assignments. Um, mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, and, and in my classes as well, I think, uh, we, we really try to build a community of respect and, yeah. and if you're, if, if everyone else is paying attention and doing what they need to do, it makes it really awkward for that one person. And I, I'm not a confrontational person whatsoever. Right. Um, and I do not enjoy those moments, but I've had to have them before, um, in my teaching and now, career. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I've never been at a, in one of your classes, but you kind of—I feel like you sort of uh, try to get this environment of like, of like, I like. I'm, listen, I'm not your boss. I'm one of the cool teachers. You know, you turn your 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 <laughs> your chair to, around <laughs> and sit sit backwards in your chair, and you're and you're like, come on, put your hat on backwards, kind of right. teacher. Um, and your and homework it, for tomorrow is you to know, take a was, walk outside. Have you? <laughs> it's kind of like a, like I, 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 when I think about your teaching style, I think. Have you ever watched um, Bad Teacher? Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. <laughs> Mr. Feeney? Not Mr. No, not Mr. Feeney. You do not remind me. He's a very strict say, old school teacher. I was going to say. The, who was the other teacher? That young guy that sort of looked like a cowboy rode a motorcycle. Oh yeah. Uh, Sean uh, lived with them for a bit. I don't bit. remember his <laughs> name. I can't think of it's his been name. So long, but yeah. But that's who I kind of think of with you, okay. where it's like, uh, where it's like, but he definitely had a, a had this uh, had this thing where it's like, um, where it's like, yeah, I'm your friend, uh. But like, don't. But like, I'm still like a like a um, authoritative figure. Right. That's a very it's, hard it's, line. Yeah. To, to to very to, difficult. Uh, because actually, even in that show, a few times uh, it it bit. Uh, I need to find this guy's name. It bit that guy in the butt, Mr. Turner. Yep. There, uh, there we go. Yeah. It, it bit that guy in the butt because Sean would be like, "Hey, I thought we were friends. You know, it's right. like, what are you doing? We're supposed to be cool." And he's like, right. "Yeah, I'm your, I'm your authoritative figure." And first. I would say that that is also like a double-edged sword that is i think one of the best and the worst things about being a teacher is uh one of the best things is the relationships you can have with your students you know you can Mm -hmm. see them grow and learn and improve as people um uh, and you know i have students from the czech republic that were my students and now i would definitely consider them my friends Um, yeah but it's very difficult especially if you um are doing things with those students outside of the classroom and are still teaching them. Um, it's 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 a hard line to to you know walk, and it's not always easy. Um, and especially, mm-hmm. I feel like it's even harder. At least it seemed like it from when you're in Czech Republic, mm-hmm. definitely than in China, just because yeah. of the cultures. Right, but like the Czech Republic and the age difference would, wasn't that much. Okay, your students I, would mm-hmm. uh, would like ask you to come hang out and mm-hmm. get drinks and stuff. Yep, and and you know it's it's not frowned upon in a lot of European countries, including. Right. Czech Republic, right. but there's definitely a you know a, a fine line there that you have to to balance. Oh, for sure. So stuff doesn't get for weird. Sure. Yeah, and and that's one of the bad things though too is I think language teachers in general, there is a teachers in general as well, but I think especially language teachers, there's a lot of lack of respect. Um, I think with hmm. uh, the community with other teachers, um, and I think Do you think learning a different language or having a, a mastery of a different language doesn't seem as impressive as like being a mathematician or a physicist or uh I think something like that depending on, on some who hard you ask, science yeah. or something or I, depending on who you ask i would say yes um, i experienced that I, I i feel like even a bit in uh in college where you, mm-hmm. we i mean you too 
because mm-hmm. you were you were you had even more frivolous uh <laughs> <laughs> majors than I did. <laughs> right. True. Very true. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I, uh, I, we both experienced this, like, especially with, like, the science people would be, mm-hmm. like, like, I, I had a few times where, like, I would get, like, a, a good grade on some sort of economics related and mm-hmm. be like, well, you know, that, you know, but I'm a, I'm in a science, I'm a chemistry major, so it's, right. it's darter. And right. I was like, I, mean, I think I'm just, I think I just chose the right, uh, <laughs> the right path i don't know right it's so weird that and there are different uh, difficulties in every field too you know right uh yeah yeah Yeah, i've i've never liked that either it's like comparing the hardness of someone's major is such a weird thing it's stupid yeah it's like well also i'm a language person or you are because Mm -hmm. i chose something that i realized i was uh good at and passionate about right exactly Um, maybe you didn't find that right and and i think a lot of especially in the in the context of teachers going abroad to teach, especially English teachers, I think a lot of people don't necessarily view them... Oh, yeah. Uh, they don't you give them the respect anything. they deserve. Like, <laughs> right. You just came... And, and We all get to speak English. <laughs> and, to some, and to some respect, I think there is a little bit, a little bit of validity to that, mm. where Slipping I do think there piss. are some teachers that go abroad right when they graduate to party and travel and have fun that's okay but it kind and of finding gives a, each a bad... english teaching job it seems like an easy right sort of like what are sort of something i could do what's a job i right. could find well, right. i speak english exactly um and and for me especially when i tell people i'm an esl or an efl teacher uh, one they usually don't know what that is and then when i explain mm-hmm. it to them um, they still, um, I don't know. I've had a, I've had a couple of people in in Dexter where where I'm living right now, um, make some kind of offhand, slightly racist comments about it, and I'm like, I'm like, well, listen here, idiot. If it wasn't for me, your racist ass wouldn't even be able to talk to these people because they wouldn't speak English. So <laughs> yeah, the irony maybe, is those yeah. are probably the same people that are like, speak English. You're in America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <And then laughs> exactly. I think teachers across the board need to be more respected. I think there are plenty of cultures where teachers do get a lot more respect. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, and, and it well, seems- yeah, I mean that's a great point. We're in a culture that notoriously underappreciates teachers. Oh, definitely. Uh, Here in the United States. Another thing that I think is one of the best things about language teaching, um, but also is viewed kind of negatively, is using games and playing and having fun in the classroom. I think, Mm -hmm. to me, that is one of my favorite things about being a language teacher, is there are so many games you can play, and they're fun, right? Yeah. Um, And who doesn't love a game? But here's the thing. I think there's a lot of higher-ups in education and parents who see their kids having fun, and they don't think their kids are learning. (laughs) You know, I had yeah. I had a, a colleague of mine ask me one time uh, while I was still in China. She said, "Well, you know how how do how do prof- like these tenured professors feel about you know they I was telling them about you know that I was doing this workshop on games. I had told my colleague in China that uh, I I had asked for some advice from my professors back at MSU, and she said, "Oh well, how do these tenured professors you know these really smart kind of you know individuals how do they feel about you using games in the classroom?" And I was I was curious to why she was asking me that, and and I said, well, they're fine with it. I mean, it was actually one of their ideas. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you you do you use games in your teaching quite a bit. Why not do a workshop? And I was like, that's a great idea. Um, and she said, well, there's a lot of teachers and a lot of higher ups in different countries that don't think games are a good way to learn a language. Uh, See, I would argue very differently. I wonder, you know. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you, when you were in China and you were, you know, teaching these seminars on games and some, mm-hmm. sometimes trying to, at least if you're not doing it in your classroom, at least in, in like your language table thing, conversation mm-hmm. circles, you're incorporating games. Right. I wonder if the uh, maybe Chinese teachers that were inviting you to present on, on games mm-hmm. would respect the uh, a presentation on games as much if it was coming from another Chinese teacher, for example, if they it's would, hard to say, like, like I wonder if, if they're like, Oh, you know, he's American. They're kind of weird. Right. They have weird, they do, right. they do weird stuff mm-hmm. over there. And uh, <laughs> right. so it's interesting to hear what this, but like, I, I wonder if they would respect, um, res- have as much respect for another right. Chinese teacher, you know, a it's, local it's, teacher. It's, it's hard to say. And I think that's, that's an issue. And that, that might be a fun episode to talk about in the future too is uh, this idea of the uh, native, what, what we call in second language acquisition, the native speaker fallacy. 
It's yeah. basically this fallacy that uh, native speakers are better teachers of their own native language, which I think is really false. I think it's I think people who actually learn the language can teach certain aspects better than others. It really depends. Um, but I that's remember, a long conversation for another time. <laughs> I remember talking with uh, our friend David mm-hmm. when when you guys were both in the Czech Republic about how um, about how you guys are you know like weird celebrities. And it was yeah. kind of the same in China too, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, you're big like, time! Oh, like, they yeah. show you off. <laughs> kind you're of, like, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a little strange for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Another thing, though, too, that um, I really, I really love about language teaching, but I think there are a lot of more conservative people in the language teaching realm that really hate this, which is students using their native language in the in the language mm. classroom. So what I mean is, if mm-hmm. we have an English class. So we're doing an English class and we have a friend of ours from France in our English class with Jared and I, and then he starts speaking French to Jared, right? Some teachers really think that's like a terrible thing. Like, oh no, we need to only use English in our class. I would argue against that. I think immersion is great. I think it's important. I think it's helpful. Uh, But at the same time, I don't think we're ever truly immersed to the point where we stop using our native language. Unless you say, I'm not going to speak my native language anymore. But there's got to be some... There's got to be some level of learning where there's an agreed there's like an agreement that we're not going to use whatever well, the native so, language is. So like I I've been say, in German classes mm-hmm. where where uh you know the first couple levels there's English but like mm-hmm. you know you hit a level and whoever your teacher is is like all right we're no like the goal is the whole point of this is that uh, we're 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 at native speaking level we're advanced right. German speakers so let's speak German. Right, but there is quite a few levels until you get to that stage. So I think teachers forcing in those lower levels um, to only speak the native language, I think isn't realistic. And I think it's more constraining than it is helpful. Mm. I think, yeah, for an advanced level class, 100%. Uh, When I was doing my graduate degree in German at MSU, there was really no reason why we should be speaking English in our our German classes. Um, When when we were studying abroad in, in Austria, I mean, we were... I was in a lower class than you, but we were both in like the highest, you know, levels or whatever. And our teacher would be would would um would always make a point where it's like, like if you don't know the word for something, mm-hmm. explain it to me in German. You know other words, yep. explain it the same way you you would try right. to explain if you didn't know it in English or in right. just, yeah. Which so, is which uh, is good, and that's great practice. But at the same time, too, depending on your goal for that class, uh, and if you don't have a ton of time, it might just be quicker to give the translation in the shared sure. native language, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah, I get that. I get yeah. that. Um, all right. So we've talked about some of the things I really dislike, you know, I really dislike being considered a walking encyclopedia. Believe mm-hmm. it or not, I don't know all the words in the English language. Um, <laughs> so, so that's one thing I really dislike. I also, you know, just the lack of respect that language teachers get and teachers in general is another thing mm-hmm. I really dislike. Being um, a babysitter to students mm-hmm. rather than teaching them and right. disciplinarian and if, right. disciplinarian. Yep. Disciplinarian. Also, that's something I really hate as well is, you know, having to really confront students uh, and, you know, deal with, you know, disrespectful students. But let's talk have about some positive to, like, things Have you raise your Jared. voice? Guys, have you had to, like, no. raise your voice? No, no I okay. never I never raise my voice Yeah, my I couldn't students. imagine that. Mm-mm. I couldn't no. imagine that. Um, after I had an unhealthy relationship in college, I won't say the, uh, the lady's <laughs> name. Jared knows who I'm talking about. Um, no. I've, 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 I've pretty much tried to... After that relationship, I kind of made a vow to myself, like not to really raise my voice. Um, hmm, and I don't think I really have ever since. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to ask my parents about that. We'll, we'll see if that's true. But anyways, <laughs> uh, let's talk about some things I love. Some of the best things about being a language teacher. Number one for me is just the cultural exchange. You know, all of your students, out of necessity, are from usually at least from a different country or a different culture, um, Mm -hmm. different background. So there's a lot you can learn. You know, I had a class with students from Saudi Arabia and it was really interesting to talk about, you know, well, what is life like in Saudi Arabia? You know, how are you adjusting to life here? What are some similarities? What are some differences? Um, It's also nice mm -hmm. because American children tend to be some of the more disrespectful children. So you travel to other locations to uh, more <laughs> respectful children in <laughs> places like the Czech Republic and China. I really do miss and my <laughs> students in the Czech Republic and China. They were absolutely fantastic. I, which leads me to the second thing I guess that I really love about teaching is uh, not only the things you learn from the students, but the students themselves. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just such a great experience 
if you're a people person, obviously, if you're not a people person, I guess you probably wouldn't be going into teaching you, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, I've had some students actually from my time as a teaching assistant write me like three, four years down the road, just, you know, a quick email. Hi, how are you? I'm now doing this. I had a student of mine that was in my German 101 class who now is living in Freiburg, Germany. Oh, um, wow. So, and, so are any of these people, are you old enough to have students that now like have graduated and have a real job. Yeah. Yeah. One oh, of my, wow. my student in Freiburg. Oh, that person. My oh. student in Freiburg. Yeah. <laughs> I thought and the, maybe they were in college. And or the something. crazy thing was, is I was her first German teacher. Oh, wow. Ever. First German oh, teacher really? ever. Yeah. I she was she in my 101 class. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. This was at MS, from MSU or MSU, something? MSU. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so wow. it's, so it's stuff like that that really, uh, I think makes teaching worthwhile. It's it's a great. I mean, that'll keep it. you going mm-hmm. for a whole another semester for sure. Right there, oh, definitely. alone, one of those definitely. for sure. <laughs> uh, another great thing, I'm one of the best the things about future, the youth of the future. Right. Now, the, another thing I think that's a really big positive of being a foreign language teacher is I do think, depending on the circumstances, I do think there is some flexibility of where you can kind of choose where you want to live and work a little bit. You know, there are schools mm-hmm. all over the world. If we're talking about a language prominent like English, you can find jobs anywhere. They're not all high paying, but you can find a job somewhere. Yeah. Um, and and it seems like that's also, I mean, not easy, but with like a K through 12 kind of job too, mm-hmm. it seems like um, it, like if you, it, it, you, you can, you have the ability to kind of choose your state. Maybe not mm-hmm. your exact location, but right. you could probably at least choose your state that you want to live in mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, most definitely. Uh, let's see some other things I love about being a language teacher. Um, it's honestly, well, I think it's. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I have one that I'm yeah. jealous, always jealous of. Okay, let's hear it. Is um, I feel like there's so many travel, like there's so many travel opportunities you've gotten mm-hmm. that uh, that re- not oh, only because only because you, uh, but a lot of travel opportunities you've gotten have been made possible because of your teaching. Yeah, like definitely. especially in China, where that where your mm-hmm. job was to. Travel. You know, part of your that job was, was awesome. to travel, and you By got to see a lot of, of cool places I've had. that you, mm-hmm. and and you got to see a lot of cool places that you probably never right. really considered adding to your mm-hmm. list, like Mongolia, for example, right. or you know, some loved, places in China. I loved Mongolia. I want to go back someday so bad. Ulaanbaatar was great. Don't yeah. get me started, Jared. Don't get me started. <laughs> um, and even yeah. in like uh, even in like Czech Republic. Now mm-hmm. you know some of the places that you got to go in Czech Republic. You've obviously been to before you went to Vienna right. and Berlin and stuff like that. But it just gives you the it gives you the opportunity to to do those travels where yeah. you know for me I got to do the travel once and it cost me, you know, a thousand dollars or whatever. Right. Right. And it's like it's in uh it's you know it's 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 I'm I've always been I've always been that's always been one of the things I've been jealous of. It's like, oh yeah, these jobs allow you and pay for you to see all these yep. uh which is a big cool plus places. for sure yeah uh I'll, I'll leave us on a slightly cheesy note but it's very true i think the best thing and the thing i love the most about being uh, a language teacher or teacher in general is to just see my students improve and grow um, mm. and be a part of that process um, i think it's really great of course i have one more though Mm-hmm. Now that is, of course, that, that that's got to be what actually gets you to wake up every morning. If you just show up and, like, for example, that's why I feel like teaching at like a lang- uh, a language at like a normal American K through twelve seems a little soul sucking mm-hmm. because you don't. I feel like you don't see as much as that of that progress. You get like one student a year right. that you're like proud of, and, and all the well, other. Well, that's the difference like, between col- college, I would say. But the other thing is too, Jared. I mean, if you are in those school systems for a long period of time in a smaller town. I mean, you probably will still kind of hear about them and know about them as they grow. Um, and I was pretty close with a lot of teachers when I was younger, so I'm still in contact with some with mm-hmm. some of them. But yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, though, for sure. I I have one more question, though. I, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to figure out where where this would go. Okay. So you, um, you know, we always already talked about that. Ideally, you it's not great to have to you know come back and stay with your parents even for mm-hmm. a few months. Ideally, you know you have a job where you can just you know fully support yourself, right, and not have to do that. But sure. I want to ask about specifically the um, the decision making process on where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a fun part of the job where you're yeah. you know maybe a it's few months into scary, into one say. country, like you know when you're halfway through Czech Republic mm-hmm. or whenever you decide you're like hmm. What's going to happen once I'm done here? I don't think I'm going to For me, it was stay. two months. I was in the Czech Republic for two months, and then I already had to start thinking about it. 
Is that just because that's when you have to start applying yeah. for, for, for something for new? For certain programs, uh, okay. yeah. Yeah, for certain. So, uh, is that, that that I feel like that could be a mix of both categories where it's super mm-hmm. fun to like sh- start thinking about where you're going to be living right. next, but obviously then you're sort of in on that on that countdown of like, all right, well that means this in right. Czech Republic's already coming to an end in a weird way. Right. And then also it's like, all right, now I have to stress about finding another place to go right. and another and I, job. And I would be willing to argue that if you're really looking for stability as a teacher, I wouldn't recommend going into ESL or EFL um, unless you're happy, unless your idea of stability is living in a foreign country for five years, 10 years, something like that, then sure. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if you're trying to stay in the States, for example, um, I probably would choose a different field um, to teach in. Um, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of great things. Obviously, with the good, there comes the bad as well. Um, it's not fun being considered a walking dictionary. Uh, definitely not fun. Uh, <laughs> Being viewed as someone who's not a legitimate teacher, uh, just because I'm a native speaker, when you know I've gone through the coursework, I have the training, I have the mm-hmm. certificate. If you need to see it, you know, um, where Do I think you, a lot can of I see it? No. Uh, it's a 120 hour <laughs> TEFL certificate. I'll show you after the show, Jerry. All right. All um, right. But yeah. Anyways, though, uh, there's a lot of great things. Uh, a couple negative things as well. Um, but let us know at untranslatablepodcast@gmail.com. What are some of your favorite things or least favorite things about teaching or going to school or university? So, Jared, speaking of school and university, we are going to talk about our song of the pod today, which is called School Revolution by the band Voice of, I believe it's pronounced Bass Prat, Bassa Prat, I think, which is a group of uh, three girls from Indonesia uh, who mm-hmm. play in a metal group, uh, and they're awesome. But tell me, what are your thoughts on the song, Jared? School Revolution. Uh, do you know how old these people are? They look like uh, children. I think 12 or 13. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look well, they look like uh, like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's awesome. It's um, it's uh, intense. I don't, Very um, intense. Like I don't know how to. I don't know the proper words to explain this because it's not my style of music that I usually listen to. But I like it, mm-hmm. and um, I like the, uh, the the definitely the instrumentation. The mm-hmm. drums really really caught my attention. The bass did too. Um, a lot of great guitar riffs too. Yeah, I see the guitar did too, but then I thought, well, I'm just gonna name. Now I'm just gonna name all three of them. <laughs> right, <laughs> it all caught my attention. <laughs> yeah, I mean the musicianship the of these specifically girls is really, fantastic, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and it's really interesting too because she kind of, I don't know if you'd call it singing or rapping or what she's doing, but when she yeah, does it's, sing, it's interesting, uh, and she uses, I believe it's Bahasa and then some English as well in there. Um, but there isn't even yeah. any singing until I think like two minutes in. It's just epic. A minute and thirty seconds, yeah, yeah, or so. Yeah, you don't really you don't see that often these days. Mm-mm. Like that's that's kind of old school. Now now it's right. like get to it, get to it. Right. We're yeah. It's we're even it's like a six minute song, which is even kind of rare. Yep. Yeah. But, um, but a yeah, lot of I, tempo changes too, which I yes. think is awesome. I mean, the whole song is like a roller coaster kind of. You know, it's this mm-hmm. epic. Or like this would be like an epic. Picture like some battle on a video game. You yes. Know? Yeah, like, like, like some boss, boss fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, they're super awesome. And, and I think it's great to see young artists, especially seeing young uh, women, you know, mm-hmm. this group of young women out there. We need to empower our girls as well. If they want to play music, form a band and play some music. You know, I think there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of people out there that would have loved to be musicians, a lot of women out there who um, never did for all sorts of different reasons. And I think it's great uh, that we do see these girls, and hopefully this will influence and inspire others to uh, pick up instruments as well. That definitely that definitely was something that crossed my mind, where it's like, I, I, like, I, was, I was like, man, I wonder how, how like, was it like what was it like for these children to to get to this right. level at this age? Like I don't know. Shout out to the parents because I um, you got to. Ima- I, I know you don't have to imagine, but I imagine that uh, culturally, it's it, you know it's probably not uh, not widely encouraged. Right. And um, I don't know. Shout out to the parents too. Yeah. I guess I think it's great. So check it out. It's definitely a wild ride. School Revolution it is, a wild is the ride, name yeah. of the song by the group Voice of Bass Prot. Check it out. Uh, yes. All right, Jared, we are, we've been talking a lot about teaching and learning foreign languages today. Uh, speaking of which, I have a new foreign word of the pod for you today. This is a Russian word I've known for a little while now because of the uh, couple of uh, Russian kids I've been teaching in English. Uh, and the word of the pod today is urok. 
Do you know what Uruk means? Uh, no, but oh man, I wish I I hadn't I didn't even think about Uruk. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That Uruk. actually, besides for the P the, in there, that looks like that's spelled how you'd, mm-hmm. ex, you'd expect it to yep. be spelled. Yep. Well, Uruk, the, the, school. The, the Y is uh, not not school. It's lesson. Lesson. Oh, lesson. Mm-hmm. Lesson. School, the I think, y, is, is school or something like that. The Y, the Y, I think, is a bit misleading. Um, oh yeah, okay. But well, yeah. I mean, it's funny you think the Y is misleading, not the P. I mean, right. it's not a P. It's I, an R. I know it's not. Yeah. A, <laughs> it's a Cyrillic R. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So Urok. So that means lesson, Uruk. which is obviously okay. very important for teachers. So just Chara to recap, to, mm-hmm. thank you, sir. So just to recap today's episode, um, there are definitely some negative things. As a foreign language teacher, some people may think you are a walking dictionary. Uh, some people may also have a false, either one way or another, a false sense that you know everything or that you are not qualified to teach, one or the other, uh, mm-hmm. depending, <laughs> uh, which isn't fun. Trust me, I've had people see me before and be like, oh, you're a teacher? Like this young guy, you're a teacher? I don't think I look that young anyway. So um, yeah, but some there's plenty of positives that outweigh the negatives, right? Um, I mean, working with your students and being able to really make an impact and uh, and help them out and have them improve on their language goals is really a heartwarming thing. Another thing I, I the uh, and comparing to my nine to five desk job that mm-hmm. I, I thought about is there's never really a, a dull moment. Like there are definitely times at the office where I don't have as much going on and it's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Um, but but at least when you're in the classroom, you have I mean you have to be on for the whole class. You know that's true. <laughs> And so uh, there's you never there. I feel like they're rarely. It's kind of hard to to ever be bored. I, I'll agree in a classroom. with you. I will agree with you with that, Jared. In the classroom for sure. I will say though, and I can't believe I didn't even mention this oh, in the main segment. Planning. Well, I like lesson planning, but the thing I absolutely hate is grading. Oh, it's just monotonous. Yeah. It's time consuming. I hate mm-hmm. it. Uh, I always, I'm never sure how much feedback to give my students because it's like if I waste too much time, they might not even read it. But if I don't give any, <laughs> they won't think I read it really. So it's, yeah, it's a balancing act. Teaching itself is a balancing act. Uh, and yeah. today I think we've definitely talked about some of the good and the bad. And uh, hopefully you all can balance them if you are a teacher. So we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Let us know what you thought and what are your favorite things about teaching or learning at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram page, Untranslatable Podcast, for pictures of me teaching and us up to all of our different shenanigans. Also, check us out on YouTube, Untranslatable Podcast, for our Song of the Pod playlist. If you want to check out our song for today, School Revolution, by Voice of Bass Prod, it's awesome. Check it out. And lastly, please, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Let us know how we can make this podcast better for you. So, as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, de cuyame, which is gracias, shishu, Dos vidanya. <laughs>